Hey, everybody. Thanks uh, again for tuning in to the Let's Talk podcast. Uh, today, I am joined by Emily Champagne. Um, is someone that is uh, uh, you know, just as just as bubbly as her name uh, makes you think. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I I had the pleasure of meeting. Yeah, see, I got some good ones. I had the pleasure of meeting Emily uh, at Channel Partners in 2021. Uh, it was a very brief meeting. Uh, we were actually introduced by James Dunn, uh, really quick. But then afterwards, you know, linked up on LinkedIn. What it's there for. Uh, and just started to to talk and and kind of develop more of a, a, a professional, but also a friendship. So it's a been a pleasure getting to know her. She is just one of the one of the best ladies in the industry. Glad to have her on. And actually, uh, she is going to be is it not going to be is the first guest to suggest a a topic. And I should do that more often because my guests are are a little are usually a little smarter than I am. But oh my goodness. Uh, she, she suggested something that honestly, I, I, I wish I would have had when I, when I first got into the business, uh, just a few years ago, kind of, uh, what works, what doesn't work? What are some, some things that, that you can concentrate on if you're new to the channel, kind of just a survival guide. So, uh, that's what we're going to talk about today. Um, Emily, I'm going to go ahead and let you just give yourself a brief intro and, and we'll kind of. Once you do that, I'll, I'll I'll ask a first question and hopefully just kick us into just you, kind of telling it how it is. Maybe give a, okay. a just a quick a quick introduction to your channel life. Sure. Um, so I guess you know as you mentioned in one of the posts, right, for this upcoming podcast, um, I came into the channel technology agnostic. Um, I worked for Gartner, and that's really where my passion for technology started. But again, agnostic. Um, and I went down a path of artificial intelligence and um, blockchain and things like that. Um, and I actually came into the channel because one of my prospects at Gartner recruited me. Um, so I came in, dove in headfirst, not truly understanding what I was going to be up against. Um, and I think that there's a lot of people that probably relate to that. I know you're one of them. Um, and so I've had a really awesome journey over the last five years. I've had the really high moments, the amazingness. I've had the most incredible leaders. I've had the really bad moments. I've had the moments where I wanted to throw the towel in and give up because I was lost. Um, so when I came to you to talk about this, it was more or less because a, I knew you could relate because we've had these one-on-one -on -one more personal conversations yep. in person. Um, and two, because I'm seeing more and more younger people joining the channel, um, which I think is incredible. Um, but when in meeting them or, you know, looking over their LinkedIn when they request you and I'm starting to see the same pattern of, you know, they're coming from maybe a sales background or something within that field, but not really telecom or not really the channel. So that's why I'm here today to kind of help give some of those nuances a different light um, and maybe share some things that were really rough on me that might someone else be you know, looking at right now, like, oh my God, I needed to hear that. I needed to know that I am not the only one that is dealing with this. Um, and you can do the same and maybe hopefully we can shed some light on some stuff for some people. I love that. I love that. It's, uh, you know, when, when we came into the telecom industry, it was kind of, we, we've been a wholesale supplier now for 15 years, but really the channel was our first foray into it. And 
you know, we, <laughs> we we decided to kind of drown ourselves the first year by doing channel partners of all things was our was our first uh was our first jump into the industry but uh i'm one of those people that i'm one of those people that is best with trial by fire uh so i can i can definitely uh mimic what you're saying i'm seeing a lot of younger people coming into this industry uh, uh especially on kind of the account uh account executive or account administrative role um, yep. a lot of a lot of people that may be coming from the financial space i've noticed a lot of too yeah uh, and it's a uh, if anything this industry and the channel specific is very people driven um so you know from your perspective what are some uh, maybe some challenges that the the newly the newly channeled person may run into uh and if is it is it vertical specific or is it you know anything that you can kind of maybe something that would encompass anybody whether you're coming in for the ai portion or if you're coming in for the contact center or yeah. you know just the uc space so you know what are some challenges they may face now and maybe what are some ones that you faced and kind of give us the journey of what you did to overcome a lot of those challenges yeah um so i know from an agnostic challenge perspective um, coming into this space, you have to understand that this is a completely and utterly relationship-based space. Um, that is not common practice in other sales areas, right? Other industries. Um, yes, relationships matter in all aspects of life, but when you talk about hitting a monthly number based on a relationship or not, you don't really find that across other industries. Um, you don't find that in car sales. You don't find that in other types of quota driven roles. So what I found to be the most challenging part, and I think everybody can, you know, probably relate to this at some point on their journey in this industry, because at one point we were all new, right? At one point yep. we all walked in the door and we had no idea what we were getting ourselves into, um, is that you have to adjust to never really more times than not in the beginning, being in front of power on the decision-making for the end user. Um, and that's strictly because most of your partners are not going to bring you in front of their clients until you build that relationship and you build mm -hmm. trust with them. Um, and I'd love to sit here and tell everybody that every single partner I've ever had brought me in front of every single, you know, prospect end user from the very beginning. Um, but that wouldn't be the truth. Um, does it happen now? Of course it does. Cause I have spent literally years building those relationships. They know what to expect from me. So for me, that was the biggest adjustment. Um, and one of the things I think that really worked against me in having a faster ramp than I was looking to have in the industry, um, you know, at Gartner, I was, I was used to being at the C-suite, right? So I was at yeah. power every single transaction. And now in, in this industry, we're, we're two, sometimes even three layers removed from the actual process. So understanding and creating a plan to, you know, develop those relationships as quickly as possible to get yourselves into those power calls earlier, um, I think is one thing that everybody can take away from that. Because the difference between a sales cycle where you are not in front of the prospect end user and where you are, I know in my five years, it is leaps and bounds different. Um, having a partner who's like, Hey, um, you know, I'm tied up this week. Can you reach out to the prospect yeah. having those conversations? Because now you're in more control. Um, so that was one of them. Um, and that, that was trial by fire for sure. Right. Um, 
And I think the second part is we talk about culture a lot um, in a lot of different industries. I've experienced more talk of it since I've been here. Um, and I learned that it is okay as an individual to not be a cultural fit somewhere. Yeah. You know, their culture and your culture may not align. That doesn't make you bad. doesn't make them bad. It just means it's not a fit, right? It's like dating, right? It's not always going to be a fit. It's not always going to be a match. Yeah. Um, and I think that finding your home, um, that's what I relate to it as, is the feeling of being at home where you work in the sense of obviously we're going to maintain professionalism. I'm not throwing my feet up on my desk in the office and walking yeah. around in my socks like I do at home. Um, but at home in the sense of you feel like you can thrive to your fullest potential based on the environment that you're working in and the support that's coming from your direct leadership and above. Um, that for me was a game changer. Um, it's not to say that any one place was bad, good, perfect, not perfect. Um, every single place I have worked has turned me into the professional that I am today. I have taken something from everywhere I've ever been. Um, however, I struggled understanding that sometimes I wasn't the cultural fit for them and, and, and vice versa. And again, being like, that's okay. Right. Finding that where, where is my home in this industry? Um, I think will also make the difference in somebody's ability to thrive. If that makes sense from a support yeah, no, perspective. Absolutely. Yeah, no, yeah, I, I agree with that. And, uh, I know a lot of people post on, you know, LinkedIn, you're, you're, you're if something were to happen to you, your, your office would, you know, have you replaced the next day or whatever. And, and that, uh, you know, family, family and, and, and professional life can never mix, but I've, I've been a small, a, a small business myself and it's a family run business. I actually have several, I mean, you know, Mark, uh, he's my cousin. He, he, he works in the, our accounting department. My, uh, CFO is, is my cousin as well. I, I truly believe that a that a a organization can feel like a family I, I can agree. actually fun can actually function like a family. Not everybody is made for that family, and sometimes uh, sometimes there's there's just people that aren't a fit, and sometimes it's just not a fit for you. So even it's, in uh, our real families, some exactly. people aren't aren't a fit. <laughs> even exactly. in our actual genetic families, so it can apply to business too. Mm -hmm. No, I I completely agree. So it's uh. I, for me, you know, because I've I've always kind of worked in this atmosphere that we have here, whether it was in energy before this or telecom mm -hmm. now, and so it, for me, it's it's been the 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 family that I've kind of found from this industry. I, I if I could give another suggestion for anybody starting out new in this field, find people that uh, you can carry on conversations with. You have mutual interests. Um, it, it also helps to find people that are, you know, kind of maybe not the exact same vertical as you, but they're close enough to you that you can start learning a little bit more, but mm -hmm. nothing fulfilled me more than when I came into this industry, met people like you. I, I met people like, uh, May Lee Langley. I met people like, uh, Dan Delosier that actually became friends, you know, people that I, that I rely on. I lean into, uh, to, to kind of bolster my professional life because, it, we we've all been uh, at different organizations, but have kind of found that find your network early if you yeah. can, and and definitely don't be afraid to to be who you are because you don't want to you don't want to build relationships and connections early in the industry, especially if you want to stay here for a while 
if they are built on something that's not exactly who you are. So you know, right, I've always it's not been, authentic. Exactly. I've always been uh, a, a, I've always preached the make it personal, be who you are. Uh, you're not going to be a fit for everybody. I'm not a fit for everybody. Sometimes yeah. I sometimes I have too much energy. It's just a little too much for some people. But then there's yeah. some people that uh, I don't know. I don't like their vibe and I'm just not going to make it a point to get to know them as, as, as much. But I think that just to continue preaching on the fact that we can work with people and have it feel like a family that is doable. Absolutely. It's not a completely unattainable task. Sometimes it just takes a little while. I'll say I uh, was just saying the other day, actually, uh, you know, the grass is always greener, but sometimes we take the scenic route. It just not yeah. every path is the same for everybody. No, it's, it's not going to be the same and it shouldn't be the same because we would be robotic at that point. Right. Um, I think what you're saying is, yeah, I don't, or your Roboto. I think what you're like, what you're really saying is your tribe, right? Find yeah. your tribe, yeah. find them early. And the other thing that I wasn't really up quick on the uptake with my first probably 18 months in the channel, which thankfully I got it together, but your personal brand, your personal brand is going to follow you wherever you go for the rest mm -hmm. of your career. Um, so find people that are like-minded in the sense of they can bring something. It's, it's a symbiotic relationship, right? Um, you know, look after the hurricane, right? You reached out to me and you said, M, what do you guys need? How can I help you? You know, you knew, you know, what had happened in my home. Um, and you weren't the only one. And in a time like that, it's times like that when you're really at the bottom or when you're really feeling a little bit lost on your professional journey that this tribe, without you even sending the bat signal out, managed to send you something on LinkedIn or, or send you a, you know, a text message checking in on you or an email. And you really realize how quickly that with, with the bad, with the ebbs and the flows of everything in this industry, it is a family, um, a professional family, if you will. You know, um, I have relationships like that, that I am so blessed and fortunate for, you know, one of my closest personal friends in life came from this industry out of nowhere her and I had we you know we were direct competitors we you know we really didn't know each other or really didn't have very many mutual connections in the industry she walked into a room that I was in we struck up a conversation because of a mutual person standing there and you know now I'll be at her home housewarming this weekend we went on a cruise together in October you know where I know who you're talking about you do. Um, you know, we're going to Oregon for Labor Day weekend. We talk on it on a literal daily basis. The most important thing about that friendship for me has been part of my sanity yeah. because I'm sure everybody listening to this, whoever chooses to, will, will know what I'm saying. When my family asks me, what do I do for a living? <laughs> I have explained it to them in multiple different ways over multiple years. I've even tried different languages. And they get it, right? So if someone asks my mom, you know, what does your daughter do for a living? She's like, oh, she's in sales within the telecom space. That's about as far as my mom can get, yeah, right? That's pretty um, much it on my, on my side. Right? So people that are on the outside can only be so supportive in the sense of it's more or less like my mother or my spouse or, you know, my sister can be more of a sounding board. Um, they can be a space to vent to but they don't get it. They don't get it on the level that you get it when I've talked to you or we've had these conversations yeah. or when Devin and I talk about it and, and we can get into more granular detail 
and I can hear from someone else who I know has been sitting in this chair and in, in this level of frustration and say to me, hey, did you try this? I did this when that happened. And literally yeah. those connections make the balance. So find your tribe, find them early, dis- differentiate yourself in a way that's authentic from the yeah. very, very, very beginning. What is going to stick with people, right? I mean, obviously I'm very blessed to have a last name like Champagne. I haven't seen another one in the channel yet. Um, mm. If you guys come across, let me know, introduce us. But so I have that going for me. But really, what's authentic about Emily? What's going to make my partners think about me? Where am I going to be front of mind for them? And hopefully, it's going to be for a good reason. And if you can do those two things from the very, very beginning, the next step is going to be start identifying your partner community and what your target partners are. Yep. I, I love that. And I think another another great a great key point that you hit as soon as you started that is the fact that you and Devin were working for competitors. I I I cannot stress this enough. Make friends with people in your competition because this, this ocean of telecom is big enough for everybody. And the more people, you know, uh, the, I, the more growth you're going to have and what, what better growth to have than, you know, learning from competitors, learning from my friends that are, Hey, this is, this is working for our organization. This is not working for my organization. Maybe I can take some ideas from them. and. And then and, shift them over and shift them over. And, but it's also kind of to me, at least personally, it's, it's just about having a mutual respect, whether we, whether we're both selling SIP chunks, whether we're both selling UC, I, I don't care. It's just the fact that there are people out there that um, your competition. Yeah. Uh, we, we, a lot of us sell competing or competing products, um, yeah. especially in the telco space. It's I, I sell UC. Well, who doesn't sell UC? Right. Uh, and so, and so, so it's, it's like you said, it, it's finding your differentiator and really couldn't have, you couldn't have said it better. It, your personal brand follows you wherever you're at. doesn't matter if you're at company A, because by the time you're at company F, what, what people remember it, it is the things that you do to, I guess, to be remembered, to be remembered Impact. for you don't, you don't want to. You don't. You don't want to be known as the guy that hops, or the guy or girl that hops from company to company to company just to, to play off bonus packages or to place. You know, on the partner side, just to take advantage of spiffs. So, right. you know, what, 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 what? I think more people in this industry need to do is, I, I, I think it's better to. I, I would rather have ten really, really great customers. And to have a hundred flaky ones, um, 100%. That, that, that brand loyalty, it, it helps retention rate. Um, and it just makes your, it, it makes it easier for you to do your job. If, if you're already known for being an outstanding person outside of the professional life, because let, let's be honest, whether you're a partner or a customer, you don't, you don't want to feel like a product. You want to actually right. feel like the supplier needs me. The supplier actually values my input. and I think another thing today that a lot of suppliers aren't doing right now is take advice from your partners, ask them constantly what as a supplier, what are we doing? That works. What are we doing? That's garbage. And, and to, and to not be mad when people tell you actually the things that you're doing that are garbage because they're going to tell you. Yep. (laughs) Because every single one of us does something that's maybe not that smart. Uh, And so, yeah, it's just really relying on that. And, 
whether you're a supplier or a partner, your your reputation is is it's your biggest tool uh, for customer retention and honestly just to just to be a good resource. You, I, I more mm-hmm. people should want to be a helper in this industry than are not. Hundred percent. Kind of the whole, that's the whole reason I I launched this podcast was just because I I've had other people from other companies, but we're all one big huge ecosystem. We all know each other. It's like the biggest industry, but the smallest community. We just all everybody knows each other. And that is a blessing and a curse, might I add. But no, yes. no, what you're saying is it's it's 110 percent true. Um, you know, I've had opportunities that were not a good fit for my company. And I have sent them to people who would be considered a competitor. I've had competitors who know me that received an opportunity that was not a good fit for them. They called me and they said, Hey, Em, I got this. Is this, does this work for you? Yes. Send it over. Right. Yep. Referrals are the strongest way to build your partner community as a channel manager. And for you and I, where we differ is that, you're the, you're the pulse of your business, right? As the provider, right? I work for a provider. I'm a channel sales manager. I absolutely participate in that pulse, but there's six more of me that contribute to that heart, right? Yeah. You are the heart in the sense that Josh and Mark and all the guys around you, it's pretty much the culture and the dynamic that you're creating in that office is what you see when you talk to Josh, when you talk to Mark, you know, at 1030 at night at IT Expo, after we've been on the floor all day, our voices are gone because we're busy screaming over the ridiculous music. Can we all talk about that for a second? Why is the music always so loud? It's so and, loud. You know, introducing ourselves to people and running around and, and, you know, going from a coffee meeting to across the street, running in heels, me personally, you know, to the next restaurant to do that. Now my lunch meeting. Yeah. And I would still find myself looking for you guys in the lobby, looking for Devin, right? Because well, and, it's. And- we all want to share. We all want to share the horror stories of the day with each other too. You won't believe what I just had to go through running from this yeah. side to this side. Yeah, and you're like, you're. We're totally exhausted, but it's like we look for that reprieve or that that yeah. five ten minute interaction to like debrief. Um. So yeah, find your tribe, find it early, find an employer. Don't say yes to the first thing. Yeah. Talk, ask questions, reach out to people, find someone on your LinkedIn that works there, and and message them. I've never personally done that, but it became an idea because it's been done to me recently, actually. I have people reaching out to me and I'm like, is this a setup? Because that's how I felt. (laughs) Um, But they were reaching out about places I had worked previously. And again, if you can do those things in the beginning, that transitional, like that transitional period right now where we come to the step two of of where we wanted to talk about what made us be successful Mm -hmm. or, you know, ramp up. that doesn't seem so daunting. Yeah. Yep. I love that. Um, so let's say I'm John Doe. I, I, I finally found a, a fit at a company. Culture's good. Um, I get along with, with everybody. But now, now you're actually in the channel space. Now you've got yep. to, you got to actually start putting in the work. So let's say we're also talking to, to yourself from that first expo you went to, or, you know, Travis from, uh, Channel Partners 2021, what's maybe three best strategies or practices for now trying to try, trying to kind of break into the partner space? And because a lot of these guys, like you said, they're not just going to introduce you to the customers right off the bat. There's maybe certain 
goals that you have to hit first. So maybe you're talking to a new recruit. They want some advice from you. What are two to three things you'd tell them? Do what you say and say what you do would be my very first thing. Don't overpromise and underdeliver. Mm -hmm. Accept accountability when you need to. Those would be my three things. Um, I love that last one. Because the acceptance of accountability is going to create a level of trust between you and your partner that is unmatched. Um, and, you know, I've, anyone who knows me that's watching this will probably laugh because you guys all know how super direct I am. And sometimes I struggle with that. But really, at the end of the day, when when I look at certain things that take place in the industry or things we hear about, right, as as the ones on the inside, right, the providers and and you hear like these war stories from your partners and they're like, yeah, mm -hmm. this happened. And it's almost like you're looking at them like, dude, it's 2024. Like these, these things are still happening, right? Like we're still doing these weirdo things. And if you can just take accountability, you know, I'll give you guys a perfect example. Cause I'm very transparent. It happened this morning. I had an opportunity. We were changing the quote left and right for three or four days. Every time we got off the call with the prospect, he wanted something different. We kept yeah. uncovering more. Right. So then it came down to, I was in Alabama driving from Bama to Atlanta and I needed to get another thing updated and I did not double check the switch in verbiage that should have taken place with this new change. That's on me. So I sent it to the partner and I said, Hey, here we go. He reached out to me. He's like, "M, you didn't update this. I literally called him immediately. And I said, you know what? I said, I apologize. I dropped the ball there. That was my mistake. I should have caught that before I sent it to you. The new one is fixed. It's in your inbox. Took me all of three minutes to fix it. But that simple, that simple gesture of let me just pick up the phone, yeah. right? I'm not going to give him some line of hodgepodge. Oh my God, I was driving and, and the excuses because nobody wants to hear them. No. Our partners don't want to hear the excuses. Their end users don't want to hear the excuses. They don't care. Gen genuinely, they don't. What they know is that I'm relying on X person to put me in front of the best provider supplier for my needs. And my trust is within this person. So in turn, that person is trusting us to do the right thing. And if we break that trust, you're never getting it back. Oh, yeah. And I can tell everybody in this industry, all of us can agree, we have all lost a partner because of a lack of trust, whether it was unintentional on our end, whether it was something that was out of our hands because it was operational. Yep. We have all lost a really good partner because of it. So you have you, to do everything. You, you, give, you give enough excuses for too long, they're going to find someone that doesn't give them excuses. Of course. And there's a million of us, right? So if I start slacking or I start not performing, and the worst thing that can happen is you come out of this gate, the gate as a strong, fierce channel sales manager, and you're turning your quotes around. You're highly responsive. You know, I'm honest with everybody. I tell everyone 5.30 to 7.30, I'm out of pocket. You cannot get a hold of me. Those are the two hours a night that my kids get my undivided attention. That's when Love I'm it. doing dinner, homework, baths. Work-life balance, I've always struggled, struggled with, and that's the thing that I have found works best for me. So mm -hmm. my laptop gets shut, my cell phone stays in my bedroom, and those my my kids deserve two hours a day. So if you if you set these expectations and you say, hey, X partner or Y partner, Z partner, listen, these two hours you're probably not gonna be able to get a hold of me unless it's like obviously really really necessary. Yeah. So. If you set that ahead of time, but your partner knows that at eight o'clock, if it is pressing, you're going to get back to them. If it's seven o'clock in the morning, and again, it's pressing, you're going to get back to them. And you set that precedence from, precedence from the beginning. And then six months down the road, you become complacent because we all do, right? When we get comfortable, it's a very human quality. Oh, yeah. You can, you can kiss that partner goodbye. 
because that partner, advocate, advisor, whatever, you know, we all have different words for them. I just call them partners because that's what it is. We partner together. But yep. you can say bye because you better bet your butt that there are 50 other channel managers, if not more, emailing and trying to recruit that person on a daily basis. And they are waiting for you to drop the ball to sneak in there and steal them from you. Oh, yeah. It, and it I, just, just like that, you will never hear from them again. <laughs> oh, yeah, they, like, you know, like, like I said earlier, I mean, yeah, I sell UC. So does everybody. Right. Um, and so it's uh, all comes down to the relationship. Um, I feel like, I, I feel like it should just be a, a given in our industry, but for some reason there are still people out there that just continue to push customers as quotas. Um, and uh, there's been a lot of shifts recently. And I think that with a lot of the layoffs that have hit our industry, you cannot afford to not treat the partners and the customers with the most personal touch that you can, because that personal Absolutely. touch is is that extra line that's guaranteeing you keep that business over somebody else? I hundred percent. I, I couldn't agree. Couldn't agree more with with the things that you're saying. And and the one thing we never do, Travis, is what we never send an email in the middle of the month or toward the end of the month and say, "What do you have for me to quote?" Um, that is one thing that thankfully I never did. Um, I learned that. Fortunately, without having trial by error here, I've learned that earlier in life, but um, that is one of the most impersonal things that you can do to a partner because yeah. they, what you're saying is, how can you help me? Where's the partnership? Where is yep. the symbiotic relationship that we're supposed to be practicing, right? Um, that is another really good way to get someone to not answer an email for a really long period of time. Or just wanted to circle back. <laughs> Oh my God. Yeah. Certain, certain terms, certain terms, right. They, they get crazy, but no personal touch, find your tribe and understand that, you know, you can't fail. You can only give up. And if you are in a scenario where you feel like you're not being supported or whatever the case is, it might be time to step outside of your business and go find yourself a mentor. And that's okay. Yeah. You know, if you're part of ACW, um, ACW offers mentors to all their people. I had a mentor through ACW for a long time. Um, speak, you know, uh, speak to that if, in case someone's listening that doesn't know what that is. Okay, so ACW, um, Alliance of Channel Women, um, is an organization that was put together to obviously help voice women in this industry. Um, as we all know, which I have to say, the tides are churning, ladies and gentlemen, because every event I go to, I'm seeing more and more women, and I love it. I love to see it, but they really were established to be a voice for women in this, in this industry because it, it is an, a historically male-dominant industry. Mm -hmm. um, so they offer resources. They have networking every single month. Um, I know for me, my chapter would be Ruth Morford. Um, she's in Tampa. Um, so... If you don't know about ACW or Alliance of Channel Women is what it's actually called, um, highly recommend looking into it as a resource. Um, I have to get more involved again. I, I During my transition between companies, I kind of fell off the train a little bit, but um, it's an absolute astounding resource. Um, and then there's other resources. There's you, Trav, who I know somebody could reach out to, or Eric Booker, who I see helping people on, on LinkedIn all the time. Um, so find somebody. And when I say that you can't fail, you can only quit. It's, it's because of that, because 
you you can find it, but you're gonna you might have to look for it. Yep, and there are definitely enough of us out there that if you just look on LinkedIn for just a little while, you'll see one of us, and we're all we're all very open to helping anybody that needs it. And if anybody is looking, uh, is it, that what Emily was talking about with ACW, you know, kind of sounds interesting to you. That will also be in the show notes. So go ahead and give that give that a look. Uh, it, what over the past, you know, so this, the years that you've been in the channel. Have there been any, any, any noticeable trends, maybe things shifting a little bit, maybe with newer technologies or, yeah. or yeah, I, just anything? What, what's maybe something that's very apparent that the, the industry is maybe shifting more towards? Um, you know, the, the two biggest things that I'm seeing right now in the industry is really a shift towards that real true unified communication. So Microsoft Teams integrations, things like that, um, you know, different types of direct routing that are offered because people did not know that that was an option. Um, I'm seeing it take off, but I'm also seeing a latency in the sense of um, partners don't know what they don't know. But one thing I've also learned, and this is obviously I'm speaking just to the masses not, and not everybody in, all inclusive to this, but if a partner's been selling for 15, 20 years and they're really, really, comf really comfortable with what they're doing, you know, the, the, you know, internet and VoIP, they're comfortable, it's simple, that, that's their thing. Yeah. Some of them are not willing to step outside of that comfort zone and that's okay. Um, however, I think for us, I think the biggest thing that we can do to benefit our partners is drop those little nuggets every once in a while. Drop, you know, drop a little story about how this, you know, Microsoft Teams integration was really successful or how direct routing through SIP trunks doing that was really successful. Um, I know you guys see a ton of it. You guys are super successful in the industry with it. Um, you know, I, I know that I heard about you guys before you and I actually interacted and, and people were talking about that because you guys were kind of doing that from the very inception. So I'm sure you can understand when I say that I evangelizing it is harder because yeah. the partners don't know what they don't know. Exactly. So your partners having a willingness to learn will kind of sometimes make it a little bit more difficult for you. But again, drop those little nuggets, you know, it's like planting a seed and just continue to sprinkle a little bit of water on it. And you'll find that four five, six months down the road, your partner, because you've been dropping those nuggets or those buzzwords or whatever you guys reference them as, um, he might get put in front of an opportunity that he might have not even thought about taking before because he didn't recognize yeah. the buzzwords in the opportunity, but guess what? Now he does. And mm -hmm. guess who he's bringing that opportunity to? You. Because you are the person he's going to think about when you're doing that. So definitely being abreast on the technologies and us ourselves as channel managers not getting complacent and comfortable in what we're used to selling and, and not having the ability to help our partners sink their teeth in, make these accounts sticky. How can we grow? If you get a quote, and I know you guys do this. If you get a quote and someone's like, hey, Em, I need voice. I need, I need 10 seats, you know, bare bottom information. I'm never going to just slap that on a piece of paper and send it back to them. I have questions. I want to know more. What are they coming off of? Why are they going mm -hmm. on to this solution? Have you talked to them about connectivity? Do we even know that the connectivity they have today can support the solution that you're proposing to them, right? If you can ask those questions and that's, that's like a habitual thing for you every time you get a quote request. And it's, and I'm talking a quote request with minimal information. Obviously if they send it to you, don't be, don't be goofy, but if yeah. they're just sending you something simple, you're going to watch your opportunity size increase from a two to three hundred, two to four hundred dollar opportunity on average to now being a seven, seven hundred to a thousand dollar MRC opportunity on yeah. average. 
And now guess what? You need half the deals every month to hit your quota because you've developed your ability to do that. And it's second nature. It's not something that needs to be, you don't need to be told. Yep. Yeah. So we found a lot of times is uh, even after that initial quote, sometimes the customer doesn't actually quite know exactly what they need, or maybe they think they need more than they actually do. So by asking the right questions, you're, you're helping the customer feel less like a product and like you're solving a, an actual problem for them. So I think those are all great, all great points. Um, it, uh, honestly, I wish when I first came into this, I'd have had someone sit down and kind of just tell me everything that we've been talking about. It would have <laughs> saved me, would have saved me a lot of time, but I also wouldn't have learned because you got to be able to make your own mistakes. Absolutely. Um, but, but for anybody that's new, I think that uh, Emily is a great resource and time to finally selfless plug time. What can Emily do to help someone with their IT needs? How can they find you? Uh, and how can they get a hold of you? Uh, just, you know, elevator pitch yourself. Ah, <laughs> oh, you're the best elevator pitch myself. Um, so obviously Emily Champagne, you can find me that way on LinkedIn. Um, I joined Team Verve um, back toward the beginning of Q4 of last year. Um, very happy here. I have a small team, but we are fierce and mighty, and we are making leaps and bounds in the industry. So um, we have what Travis is describing as that, I want to call it a family, a very personal touch. Um, our number one core value is people and relationships. Um, and that literally does come down from the top and that exudes into us. Um, so as we're working with our partners, you can see the difference when you're going to leadership and you're asking for support on something and why you need the support and seeing how it is handled. Um, so we, we focus on voice and connectivity as an aggregator. Um, so tried and true NetSapiens platform. You know, we have your standard three different flavors of, you know, VoIP that we can offer with different accessibility. Um, we obviously work with all the major ISPs across the country. We have a nationwide footprint for that. Um, and that's really our specialty is, is coming into those small to mid-sized businesses. We also do enterprise, but we, we focus on that mid-market more than anything um, and bringing a holistic voice and internet solution to the customer. I love it. I love it. See you guys. Wait, wait. <laughs> Emily, Emily is is your go-to. Go to her. She's going to be able to take care of you. Um, I'm going to hopefully uh, get this all edited and out so everybody can see it before IT Expo. So if you happen to be at IT Expo, make sure you look Emily up and schedule some time with her, and she'll be able to take care of you. So I, Emily, thank Absolutely. you, thank you so much for suggesting this. My pleasure. Uh, this topic because I think it's it's definitely something. A lot of people can learn from, uh, especially with how big this industry can be. But if they kind of stick with it, put themselves out there and just really put in the work, I think that you can you can easily find success in in, a, in an industry where we all kind of do the same thing. Everybody can still be successful. Yeah, I heard a quote today on a on the background of a show while I was doing my hair and. You know how everyone always says, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And I know for mm -hmm. me personally, some things in life, I do not like hearing that. I look at people and I'm like, ah, <laughs> no, it didn't just make me stronger, right? Um, I heard today on that show, they said, what doesn't kill you gives you an opportunity to try again. I love it. And I loved it. I loved it. I'm running with it. So practice that, preach it, understand that you can overcome it. You, just, you, you might have to fight a little bit harder than you thought you would, but it's, it yep. is worth it in the end.
That's all I it have is. to say. It is. It, it is. is. Oh, love it. What a great, a great end to the, to the podcast <laughs> as a perfect footnote. So Emily, thanks for coming Thank on you. and I will see you at IT Expo. See you soon. See ya.